I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. It's Meg here as always, of course, and I just feel like I have a lot to share with you this week. So before we dive into this episode with our guest Casey Covington this week, I'm just going to dive into some other things that just aren't related to the show, but I really want to share with you. So I'm really excited about this one thing, and I have a feeling that some of you are also going to be really excited about it too, so I just had to share it with you this week. If you've been following my podcast or just paying attention to anything that I talk about for the past few years, you'll know that I really love human design. Knowing that I am a human design manifester and have splenic authority and a 2-4 profile and all of the other things about my chart has just been absolutely life-changing. Having human design knowledge and being able to kind of have this knowledge in my back pocket has just provided me with this new sort of understanding not only for myself but also when I'm coaching clients for an example but even beyond personal and business use I am able to support my friends on a deeper level or even just my relationship with Scott or my parents, for an example. Just knowing my personal human design type has allowed me to communicate my needs more clearly and also understand why the people around me might do things the way that they do them. So to say human design and the knowledge that I've gained from human design over the years has changed my life is not an exaggeration. I know and you have probably heard from my clients through previous episodes that I also integrate human design into my coaching. As I said, it just really allows me to understand my clients more deeply and coach them based off of exactly what they need, based off of their human design chart and how they were designed to move through this world and the needs that they need based off their human design. So human design is something I'm just so passionate about. And I just wanted to share with you that one of my friends, Victoria, who is a human design coach, and I love learning from her as well. She has a human design coaching certification program. So if you're a coach like me or some type of practitioner and you're wanting to integrate human design into your business, 
this is definitely a program I would suggest looking into. But even if you're not and you just want to dive deeper into human design for personal use and understand yourself better and the people around you more deeply, this is a course I would also recommend checking out. So I have it linked in the show notes for you. But what's even better is that Victoria gifted me with a code for you. So you can actually use the code MEGDOLL when you go to enroll in her course and save yourself $200, which is huge. So I just wanted to throw that out there and let you know about this course because I know when I was first getting started learning about human design, I was just kind of like, okay, where do I even start? Where can I learn more and really dive into getting a really good understanding about human design and how to support myself and others? And if you're in that position right now, wanting to dive into things, I would highly recommend this course. So like I said, the link is sitting there in the show notes for you and just make sure to use the code MEGDAL for that 200 dollars off your enrollment. Okay, that was the biggest thing on my heart this week to share with you. Other than that, I'm really excited to dive into this week's episode with Casey Covington. Casey and I met on Instagram when I was sharing about recovering from HA. She had HA at the time and really connected with my story. And honestly, I just love having my friends on the podcast to talk about their journeys through recovery. I don't think that we can hear enough of the incredible stories of women realizing they needed to make a change and then really committing to showing up for themselves and nourishing themselves like never before and really becoming friends with their bodies for the first time in what feels like forever. So I'm just really proud of Casey and her journey and I'm so pumped for you to listen to this episode and get excited about your recovery journey. And honestly, if you've been going through recovery for quite some time right now, I think this episode is the perfect pep talk for you to get really excited about continuing along recovery. And just a reminder, if you are going through recovery and you're feeling like you need that one-on-one support, I do offer one-to-one coaching. So you can just email me at hello at megdoll.com. I have all of my info linked up for you in the show notes if you are interested in one-on-one coaching and you can just shoot me an email. That is definitely the best way to get a hold of me and we can chat about one-on-one coaching, book a discovery call, and just make sure that I can support you in the way that you're needing to be supported right now. All right, friends, let's dive into this episode with Casey, and I will see you next week. Hey, Casey, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on with me this week. We've been 
trying to arrange this for quite a while now. So now is the time. (laughs) I am excited to be here with you, Meg. And I think it is about time. We've come a long way since the first time we started talking. Definitely. Yeah. So before I hit record, you and I were just talking about, obviously, how you and I both connected through HA Recovery And I was just sharing with you that I love having people on the show to talk about their HA recovery journey because you and I can both relate to this. Right now, after recovering from HA, it feels like we're in this world where everyone's talking about their periods, everyone's talking about, you know, recovering from HA, that sort of thing. But when you are starting your HA recovery journey, it does feel really isolating. You feel like, okay, I'm the only person going through this and you're seeking out all the YouTube videos on, you know, like period recovery success stories and all the podcasts and things like that. So I just really love having other women on the show to share their journey with us because it really doesn't look the same for anyone. No, it really doesn't. Um, There's always going to be those similar stories out there that you can really relate to but I feel like everybody has their own background on why it happened or how you got to where you are and what you said just now like yes it's still I still remember that feeling so well of feeling isolated feeling like digging for research on the topic kind of like knowing and self-diagnosing before I even found the research out there that I knew it was something I had not necessarily just done to myself, but I ha- I knew it's like that you have, it's like those people out there, they kind of know you may have been over exercising or under eating. You, you just kind of never realized it would have the effects that it has on you. So I just kind of like, remember feeling that lonely, isolated feeling. But then when you do start digging, you see, oh, wow. Like there's a whole community out here of women who have been in the same boat. So it's, it's so many more of us out there than you think, um, especially for those listening that just got started with this and you're doing what I did by looking for something and you find Meg's podcast just for comfort. I was in your shoes and I know what it feels like to just hear somebody else and being like, yes, I've, I've been there. I know this feeling. Yeah. So you mentioned that we all have different backgrounds, which is so true. I mean, Recovery doesn't look the same for anyone, but the way that we ended up getting HA doesn't look the exact same for anyone. But I really do love sharing those kind of leading up to the moment you chose recovery stories because some people listening to this podcast are still right there, right? Like they know they need to choose recovery, but hearing another person's story before they even started recovery can be really helpful. So if you want to take us back in time with you and share kind of like what led you to actually lose your period in the first place. Let me, let me go back. I will gladly, I can tell you pretty much where it started. And, um, you know, I'll just go back and explain that in the beginning, like of my fitness journey, which is what a lot of us call it, that moment where you decide I'm going to really start being fit. I want to look like these 
um, influencers. Like I feel like that Instagram world and all that kind of sparked a lot of us to want to change our bodies. Um, I grew up very lean. I've always been more of a thin person naturally, but I had no like uh, muscle and I was never really super involved in athletics. And I just would see people out there um, and be like, I want that. I want those muscles. I want to look fit. I want someone to see me and think, oh, she works out. You know, it's just those thoughts you start having in your head. You start playing with it. And I have to say it was probably about uh, like spring of 2018. I know for a fact. And, um, you know, I, I was never like just unhappy with my body, but I just wanted to be better. I wanted to push myself. And if you're like me, a lot of our HAers out there are type A personalities, people who get a goal and they really go for it, whether it's in life, jobs, you know, fitness, whatever. People like me often are the HAers out there. I feel like I've met a lot of fellow type A individuals and that was me. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to be fit. I'm going to the gym six days a week, you know? So I started a program, a very popular one that a lot of people use. Um, and probably a lot of people know when I say the sweat app, I was addicted pretty quickly to getting out there and, and following these routines, almost like by the book and almost having guilt if I skipped a day. Um, and I quickly realized that I had a rush from the fitness world. Like I almost didn't even realize at the time how addicted I was until little thoughts would come in my head. Like a friend wants to go to lunch. Well, that's when I normally go to the gym, but I can't skip that. I'll, I will fit it in. I will get up earlier, go to the gym, then go to lunch and I will be wearing my Lululemons and I will have nasty hair. It doesn't matter, but the gym, the gym comes first. Um, and at this time I was on the birth control pill. I think many of us start that way and you don't even know, I, I don't know if a lot of people can relate to this, but I was one of those people who always thought my period, quote unquote, on the pill was a real period, not really knowing that much about our cycle. Tells us that, that really tells me that women are not taught the simple basics of our bodies. And um, I feel very passionate about that now. So I try to educate my friends about what your period really is. And if you go on the pill, you're not ovulating. So therefore you're not having a period. I just thought, oh, I'm bleeding. I'm fine. You know, if I wasn't fine, I, I, would, I wouldn't have this blood come, you know, once a month. Oh no, I'm good. I'm good. And I would just tell myself like, I would know almost like a limit. If, if my period doesn't show up, then I know something's wrong. But the whole time being on the pill, I was tricked, you know, I tricked myself into thinking I was fine. Meanwhile, over the course of that year, I was losing weight accidentally. Um, it was never my intention or goal to begin losing weight, but I will tell you this, type A people can often find themselves in situations they never thought they would be in, the scale being a huge problem for me. I started out innocent. I had a scale. Um, you know, when you're trying to get muscle, why are you trying to think about losing weight? But there was an addiction there. I would get on the scale and I would see a pound loss. And I'm like, that must be progress. I'm working out so much that, oh, I'm losing excess fat. This is what I would tell myself in my head. Eventually, the scale was an addiction. If you can relate to this listening, 
I, I know how hard it is to put the scale away, but for me, it was probably the biggest problem that caused me to keep being addicted to the fitness world was the, the high of standing on the scale in the morning and seeing another pound lost, even though I didn't even need to be doing that. So continued on through 2018. It got worse when I got engaged um, in the spring of 2018. And I knew my wedding was going to be the following summer, June 2019, when we were getting married, I was definitely the thinnest I've ever been in my life. Um, I was at this point, a, a, I can tell you a pure gym addict, um, going to the gym constantly. I look back at my wedding photos now. And the sad thing is, is I remember certain, it was the happiest day of my life. Don't get me wrong. But I also remember thinking some things that were such horrible thoughts now that I would never think like thinking about like, I don't want to eat too much at my wedding. I don't want to look bad in any pictures. I got to make sure that I don't do this, that, and the other. I was not comfortable. And so I binged at my own wedding that night, literally driving to our hotel or being driven to our hotel. I was so full from eating, from binging. I know a lot of us know what that, what happens when you're around that food and you haven't let yourself have it. I was so full. I was uncomfortable and sick our wedding night because I had eaten two huge pieces of wedding cake. Um, everything that was sitting out, I was like, Oh, I can have it tonight, you know? And I never let myself eat like that anymore. And it was like a wake up call. And I remember when we went on our honeymoon to Jamaica it was the first time in two years that I had not stepped on a scale every day. And I let myself enjoy. And I remember like just coming home and thinking, I'm done with this. And I remember stepping on the scale and, and seeing that I gained, quote unquote, like 10 pounds or so. And it was, of course, let's just say, you know, you know, that can be water weight. But to myself, I was like, oh, well, this is what happens when you just let yourself go. And that was very disordered thinking. And you don't realize it at the time, but it just, it hits you so hard. And then you're just like, oh my God how did I get here? You know, I was always the girl who ate the Big Mac, who ate the Taco Bell, who, when my friends would count calories, I would be like, y'all, come on, you know, how did I get here? And I think a lot of us do have that moment where we're like, oh my God. And I think the biggest problem was when later that year around Christmas of 2020, um, I'm sorry, 2019, we had talked about trying for a baby. This is what woke me up. I got off the pill, uh, literally like January 1st, it was like the new year. Um, and I realized after a couple months, flow wasn't showing. And I kind of told myself, I need to do some research here. When I started reading up on periods on the pill and realizing they weren't real, I was like, how long have I really not been having a period now? I, I can't tell you that. And a lot of us could never tell you when you actually would have lost it. But I knew it had to be a good two years that I probably would not have had a period. I had the symptoms. I had the hair falling out. Um, I, I literally had beautiful thick hair. And I just never really paid attention to the fact that it was falling out. I thought it was because I was putting too much dye in it. I thought, oh, I need to change my shampoo. But I had all of these symptoms um, that I knew was, now that I knew what HA was, when I found that, I was like, oh, 
that's it that I have all of these um to this day and like now that I'm healthy and my hair's grown back out it'll never be the same as it was before because of that and I just I I was like oh my god so of course rewinding again I it was like the time we had talked about a baby I started googling this looking it up and reading about what hypothalamic amenorrhea is and I said to myself immediately that's me I don't even have to see a doctor this is what this is I had normal periods my whole life before the pill um I went to my doctor my doctor tried to tell me it could be what was called lean PCOS but I argued with her I said how can it be randomly lean PCOS in my whole life? See, I didn't even get on the pill till I was like 24 years old. My whole life, my periods were on time, normal, long, you know, five days. I never had problems. Why would, when I got off the pill, it just doesn't show? So there were some arguments there about that. Um, and I know that a lot of us HAers also kind of get some kickback from gynecologists who often want to say it's PCOS and then you have to go through the whole hormone blood draw stuff to see where your LH is and you're you're if you're already at that point then you know what I'm talking about the FSH the LH where do they lie where how bad off am I you know I was like oh my god so I panicked and I looked at my husband and I said I have a problem and I have to fix this now if we're going to start a family. And I believe a lot of us out there is this is when many of us discover the problem. Not everyone, but a lot of women I see out there with HA are the ones who say, okay, I'm ready to have a kid and period doesn't show. So that can be a great indicator is when that happens. Other than that, I think a lot of us learn through realizing they get off the pill for a different reason you know, that kind of stuff. I do think many of us start out on the pill, but there's a lot of us. I have a friend who knew she didn't have a period for years and kind of was told that's okay by her doctor, but it's not okay. It's not okay for your bones. It's not okay. It is not okay for your hormones. It's not okay if you ever do want to start a family. It's not good for your hair, your teeth, your, your skin. Everything can be affected by HA. And that's something I needed to learn. So, okay, the first thing I found that really helped me was, of course, the Dr. Nicola Rinaldi and her book, No Period, Now What? I, I can't tell you enough that that, is, that was my Bible at the time, and I read it from start to finish um, and realized, okay, wow, I have to eat a lot, and I have to stop working out so that I can get this cycle back. And I was determined to do that. So found your podcast, Meg, and listened to you and listened to her, listen to Nico. That's what a lot of us call her who have fallen into the uh, no period now what groups and where I have met seriously some of the best friends that I, I could ever ask for that went through the same thing. But I, I read the book, I took it seriously and I started eating like, like I hadn't eaten in so long. It, peanut butter pretzels late at night. They say, don't ever let yourself get hungry. So if I felt hungry at 2 a.m., Nico would say, get up and eat. And I'm like, all right. So I go down there and I make something to eat. This is kind of how it went for a while for me for the first 
couple weeks, I was like eating everything in sight, things I wasn't allowing myself to have previously. And I'm just going to put this out there. Everyone's different. Some people, they, it takes a long time for their cycles to return. And it takes a lot of dedication and it takes months of like believing in it and not falling back, which can be very difficult. I know. And then some of us barely put on any weight I know and then next thing you know oh they got their period you know you never know where you're gonna fall and I think that's the scary part about it um but I was still determined because in my mind we have to have this baby we've got to get pregnant so I just ate and ate and ate I quickly put on the weight I will tell you it was pretty fast um and not honestly to me I didn't even care at the time I was just like you know, when you have the baby on the mind, it's like, whatever I have to do. And I also was like, I don't want this for myself. I don't want to not have a period. So I went all in. That's the phrase coined by Dr. Nico. And um, seven weeks later, I had my first period. It was in seven weeks. So it really didn't take very long for me. Um, but it was the most joyous feeling I have to say, like, I, there's nothing like it when you know you put in the work and you get that first bleed. Um, I, I remember crying out of happiness. And I remember my husband and I having period pancakes that morning for breakfast. We were so excited. He was so excited. And I knew what that meant for me was I'm healthier. I can have a family. Um, I just knew that this was the start of changing something I needed to change for many years. And my mind was coming back. My clarity was coming back. And so that was the start of um, <laughs> that journey. And we had a lot more go on since then that we, we will discuss, I'm sure, for a, a little bit. But um, the journey to start having a baby could start. I was like, it, it can finally begin when we wanted to start back in January we had to wait until April so it was April when I got my first cycle so technically really May that we could even try and that's frustrating for someone who's ready to to get pregnant and I know many of you out there listening are probably thinking yes like I'm in that position and some of you are like nope baby's not on the mind it's not really my reason and that's okay too it doesn't matter what your reason is it's something that you've got to change. Like you have to do this no matter how hard it seems to be. It works. And it is, I feel like it's, if I could say 99 to hundred percent effective, um, by just going all in eating and stopping the cycle before it becomes an obsession, um, so far beyond your reach. It does. It never has to be too far beyond your reach. It doesn't matter how far you've gone now without a period. You can switch it back, and it is possible. You do not have to go through IVF. I mean, no, some people do, but I mean, like, it's not your only option. You do not have to get on fertility drugs. You can get it back on your own, regardless of what some doctors might preach. I really believe if you're a healthy person. And, you know, normally, and you had, you had cycles going on before HA started, you can bring it back. You can. Um, I know there's extenuating, there's other circumstances for other people. I understand some people do have underlying things they have to deal with when it comes to that. But I feel like someone like me, 
I kind of just knew like I can do this and I think a lot of you out there know that too so that's the start of my journey from from HA and uh so, so the first part of 2020 up to the spring was all about got to get that flow back got to get that flow back and um at that time I was pretty public on Instagram um, and I was part of this whole fitness thing. And it was so difficult because I had to open up and be like, okay, the stuff you're about to see on here is not going to be the same as it was before. And I would be honest. Um, there are pictures on there of me. Uh, I stood up in a bathing suit and said, this is the heaviest I've ever been. Or, you know, I had pictures that showed like this, is where I am right now. And that's okay. Like, I felt like more women need to see normalize normal bodies instead of looking at this is perfect. I'm like, no, this is me right now. And I have a period and, and I may not have the perfect sculpted shoulders and the abs right now. But you know what, when I had those, I would look in the mirror and say, you still need to lose weight you're not good enough. Did I even enjoy it when it was there? Do you even enjoy it when, when you are at that weight or are you really wishing you could be like your friend over there enjoying that piece of cake and not sitting there criticizing yourself for it? Really is the picture later worth that? Is it? You look back on the picture sometimes and you're like, oh my gosh, I look great, right? Did you feel great though that day? Did you? Because I know I didn't. And I'm pretty sure Meg can relate <laughs> to this because oh, you're like, yeah. you know, I'm just like sitting here nodding my head because anytime I had like visible abs or was like super lean and like kind of ripped because I went throughout my 20s, like hardcore working out and bodybuilding and things like that. And you look back at those pictures and not only do I think like, wow, did I not see myself properly because I thought I looked like so jacked and ripped and lean and things like that, but I just look sick, you know, yeah. like super too small. And not only do I see that with compassion, of course, but yeah. you also just remember how much you were thinking and focusing on food and your body and moving your body that day like you don't actually remember all of these amazing things that happened that day like your mind is just flooded with memories of thought thoughts about food and worrying about how you look I love that you brought that up because I remember deep in my HA still not realizing I had a problem the symptoms are there like First of all, now that I see those pictures, like you said, with compassion, I was very gaunt. Um, I had lost a lot of like my face. Like I, I didn't even realize it at the time, but you know, I, I don't, I never normally even looked like that. And number two, when you were talking about fixating on food, I would, you know, study a menu and the calories before I would even go out to eat, not really order what I wanted, but order what had the lower calories on the, on the menu and then at night, I remember, and this should have told me, sometimes I would get on Instagram and literally go to like tags and think of a food that I was obsessing over or missing. And I would look up that food just to see, like, let's say it was pancakes or something. I would like put pancakes in the tag and look at pancakes and like, thank God that would be so good. This sounds so good. I think about that now and I'm like, 
that should have been a wake up call. Like you were hungry. You wanted the pancake. You want that peanut butter or you want that, you know, for me, peanut butter. But it's like, no wonder I wanted to look at it. I was sitting there probably like not even realizing that I was deprived, depriving myself of simple joys and life. And it's just so sad that I know that there are others out there that are still in that. And I wish everybody could, could realize that those standards of beauty and the standards of the things our generation and the younger generations are seeing too much of thrown in our faces um, on a phone. I honestly think that that was kind of what has exacerbated these issues. You're seeing what people are choosing to edit, choosing to put of themselves. You don't see the truth. Okay. No one is that perfect. No one is. Okay. And I think in my head, it was like, well, someone is that person is if they are, I can be, that was not worth it. It was not worth it. So I'll quickly go into the rest. And, um, this is of course, for those who are trying to start a family, it can be frustrating when you, you know, are waiting for the period to return, but it can be even more frustrating once the period shows up and you don't get pregnant right away. Okay. Right. So like, like that, that second period waiting for that second period feels like an eternity sometimes. <laughs> and, you know, and that's one thing I wanted to cover is that, that some of us will start right away with like kind of a normalized cycle, but it's also extremely normal that it could take 60 days for the second one to come. It can take a couple months. Um, some people are longer. It just really depends everyone's different. Some of us, um, you know, for me, I didn't stop staying all in because I went by the book and I did continue eating quite a bit during that time. But I do think a lot of us say, Oh, got my period. I'm safe. And don't, don't do that. (laughs) Don't, don't like, don't go back and be like, wait, okay, I'm going to start eating less now. Um, just keep doing what you're doing. And I I got a normal, I I am lucky in the sense that I felt like my period was pretty um, normal after that. And, but what was frustrating was, is that months go by and no baby, no positive test. And I have to say that to this day, I still think I was just really still recovering, even though I thought, well, I'm getting my period, I'm, I'm better you know, first of all, the book does tell you you're not fully recovered until after three cycles, but I think our bodies are still adjusting in many ways. Um, so I went from the May, June, July, August, and September cycle. That's five months, no positive tests. I was starting to feel hopeless. I was like, oh, not only did I have to go through all of that HA recovery, and now here we are, and we cannot conceive what's wrong with me. Oh, it was horrible. And Finally, that October cycle came, October 2020, positive test. I was so excited. My husband and I were both just so excited. But there, I just have to say that, you know, you just hope for the best and you tell yourself, I'll never be that statistic. But there is a whole section in the book, no period, now what, about loss. And so if you have, you know, this, I know this is a sensitive topic. So if you don't want to even listen to this part, don't, I'm just going to talk briefly about our loss that we had. Um, in October, we found out we were pregnant. We lost the baby at very, very, very early, like five weeks in, um, you know, barely pregnant, honestly, but it was still devastating because the idea 
of having to start back over and try again. And the idea of the loss happening after all of that recovery, I was very, very devastated uh, at that time. And I didn't really share about it with many people at that moment. Um, but then as time went on, I, 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 I thought to myself, this is another topic that's shushed. It's so many women go through this and then you feel alone, but you're not there. So once I started opening up, how many women came to me and said, I've been there twice. I've been there. I've been there. I've, this has happened to me before I had my first child or in between children or whenever. And I thought, why is it when it comes to women's health, when it comes to HA, when it comes to periods, when it comes to loss, when it comes to pregnancies, we are never comfortable just putting it out there and saying, hey, you're not alone. You know, I mean, it should not be so taboo to talk about miscarriage. And it was something that was real and was happening to me. And I was, I was thinking, when will this ever happen? When will this ever, will I go through another five months? Will we go through another year of pregnancy being the only thing on my brain? All I know is that I knew I had to have a better outlook. I just thought to myself, I can either wallow in this or I can continue on with this journey with my head held high. Once again, with the help of many podcasts and also the help of the book that really got me through. She has a whole section on pregnancy loss. I read that and I realized I'm not alone. And so we just kept going. We just kept trying. And um, there is a happy ending. So we, we ended up three cycles later conceiving in January. And um, now our little girl is due in seven weeks, October 1st. And that's why it comes full circle. October was a devastating month last year, yet it also represents to me our rainbow, which she will be here soon. And, and so far, everything has gone really, really well. Um, but now I feel like looking back on 2020, you know, at the time you're, you're hating it, you're hating it and you hate the changes in your body and you feel you feel devastated for many reasons and you're fixated on HA and you're like, when is my period coming? When is it coming? Or if you're in that other stage, can I get pregnant? Can I get pregnant? It takes over your mind. But I will tell you, I would not trade this journey. I feel like it woke me up. It's made me know more about my body. It's made me aware of fertility. It's made me aware of um, what cycles are, like ovulation, our luteal phase, why we're hungry at certain times of the month, why we're tired more, you know, like when your follicular stage is going on and how you are so um, awake and you feel like so wonderful right after your period. There's a reason for that, guys, the hormones. And if you just read about it and we're more in touch with our bodies, I wouldn't have done that if it weren't for having to go through the depths of HA and actually learning about myself. And now I find myself talking to my friends about it all the time and saying like, Hey, if you don't know what stage you're in this month, I can tell you when was your period? Are you, are you feeling tired? Let me tell you about your luteal phase. And also how many days in between your period and when you start, you know, I like, you know, are you having a healthy luteal phase? Let's talk about that. You know, I, I, I think it's a magical, wonderful thing that so many motives, the moods we have, you can tie it to your cycles, guys. And it's actually such a cool thing to know because then you're not going to feel crazy. You're going to tell yourself, oh, 
well, that's what's going on right now. No wonder my moods have been messed up. And it's just so amazing to know how our bodies work. Women's bodies, I'm sorry, men, but we are so amazing. And that's one reason I think if you get to learn about it and you read about fertility awareness and you, you learn all this, it doesn't make HA so bad because the goal is I want to get that back. I want my womanhood back. I want that feeling back of like feeling empowered. I know my body, I know my cycle. I'm never going to get back on the pill again, ever. After listening to fertility awareness methods and after reading up about it, we will do what we have to do to protect ourselves from pregnancy when we're not ready for pregnancy. I will not put myself back on a pill again, ever. Like, and I, I don't know how everybody feels about that. And I know there's some, you know, there are some other methods of birth control that you can look for that doesn't necessarily have to be so hormonal. But for me personally, I don't, I don't want to be tricked anymore by the pill telling me, you know, oh, you're fine. You're safe. You've got, you've got your fake bleed going on. I don't want to ever risk this happening again either and not knowing it. Um, so that's my story. I feel really, really just happy even talking about it because I do feel like I hope there are someone else like me out there that, that hears this and knows you can, you can change it. You can fix this. You can do it. And don't worry so much about weight loss and, oh, I'm scared about putting on the weight. Don't, don't do that. Don't think that way. Because let me tell you, like putting on a little bit of weight is so much better than the alternative of sitting there wasting away your bones deteriorating your hair thinning you not being yourself not being able to enjoy the world and so that's that's how I feel about it and I hope that this is helpful to someone Casey this was so wonderful honestly I love I actually started to get really emotional when you started to share that you when you got your period back for the first time I started like tearing up just the way you shared that it is such an incredible time and I just want that for all of our listeners who are in recovery, working to get their period back. You know, I want that for them. You want that for them. And that will happen for them. And just, you know, this is just encouragement to just keep showing up for yourself. And like you said, get excited about having your period again. I do so agree with you that you know, when you're in recovery, I see a lot of women just feeling so, it's kind of like they see HA recovery as like this death sentence. Like I have to eat more. I can't exercise. And it just feels like the absolute worst thing in the world. But I really do encourage our listeners to like start making a change to like flip that switch and just get freaking excited about getting your period back because this journey is going to be hella long if you just keep complaining about eating more and exercising less like I know it's tough I know it sucks because you love exercise and you love all like doing all the things and you feel like it's a lot of food but like honestly one of the best things that really helped me with the food piece was realizing that 
in order to get my period back and eating all that food, I was just actually finally starting to eat a normal amount of food and I had been under eating for ever, right? I think that's a huge thing that so many of us need to wrap our heads around. Yeah, stop looking at certain foods as bad. It's obviously not junk if it's causing your cycles to come back. Like, it's it's okay. Um, and I have to say that when you shared your story about getting your first cycle back, that really inspired me um, because that was like right around when at first, I know you had gotten your period back close to when I had started all this because you had had a whole episode about it. And it wasn't that, I don't want to, when was it for you? I feel like it was. I got it back actually on, so we're recording this August 12th and I got it back on August 13th of 2019. Yes. So I remember. So like two years ago. So it had, I'd started my recovery journey around January. Well, it was a little bit after January. It was was early 2020. I do know it was like right around when the big COVID started, but I remember listening to it in my car and thinking, I want that feeling of seeing the blood and celebrating it, you know, and, and I can't tell, I can't explain that. I thought of you and no, that's creepy. I thought of you (laughs) when my period showed up that morning, I was like, Meg would be proud, you know, and I think creepy at all. I'm pretty sure you sent me a DM. (laughs) I did. And um, I think that's how our friendship blossomed was from from me coming back and saying, Hey, Meg, you helped me and my cycle is back. And I knew you would celebrate it because I know that's such a big milestone. And I just hope that everyone out there that's listening, that's really having a hard time, I hope that you all message Meg as soon as you get your cycle and say like, you know, and you can message me too, but I have changed my handle. I think it's like Casey loves Andy now, I think. Cause like that's what we're naming our baby. And, um, oh, Andy, so yes, sweet. I, but it used to be Casey gets fit, you know? And I'm like, Oh no, we're not doing it. So now it's Casey underscore loves Andy, A N D I. And let me tell you when I have had people follow me um or message me um through my Instagram post when I used to be public for now I'm private but I was um public and I would really put it out there and nothing makes me happier than when someone messages me and they're like I'm starting this journey I'm scared and then a couple months later after I've sent them some encouraging messages they're say they'll say I did get it back and I think like oh yay I just there's nothing that lights me up more than seeing like the success of other people going through the same thing. It's amazing. Yes, I couldn't agree more. And for everyone who does want to connect with Casey over on Instagram, I can drop your handle in the show notes just so everyone can find you. But oh my goodness, I'm so excited to meet little Andy someday. Yes, Andy Rose is going to love Meg, even though you're so far away. You're in Canada, like... I'm down in Mississippi. Um, so <laughs> we're very far, but you know, that just goes to show how much HA can connect people from all over the globe. Literally. Um, you know, you may talk to somebody from a whole other country. Um, but just goes to show that women from everywhere can, this can happen to anyone and you're not alone and you're not bad because this happened to you. 
do not be angry with yourself. We didn't know we were not educated enough on all of this. And honestly, I think I see too many women blaming themselves and being so angry with themselves. We're everywhere and we're beautiful and we're wonderful. And I don't care how deep you are in HA, you can get out of it and you are beautiful right now. Like it doesn't matter if you have your period back or not. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just something we have to make sure we try to fix before the long-term, the really long-term effects ever hit you. You can change it. You can change it now. Oh, thank you so much. I know everyone's like either fist pumping right now or running to the fridge just to eat like more food to get their period back. Um, I hope that's the case, but honestly, I could chat with you forever, Casey. This has just been wonderful. But I do have one last question that I ask all of my guests, and that is what does it mean to you to be unbreakable? Oh my gosh. What it means to be unbreakable is to go through something in your life where you think you cannot get past it, but you do. And every time you think that something else could, couldn't be worse, like then again, then something else worse comes along, you come back through it. And every time you come out of it and it's the past and it's the past that builds you up to be who you are now. And now I feel like a warrior when I look back on you know, our journeys through life, not just HA, but any horrible or rough or negative circumstance, I've always been able to come out of it. And, and I feel like that's being unbreakable is just waking up in the morning and knowing like, I can do anything. I can get through this, no matter how bad it is, everyone can get through, through this, whether it's with the help of whatever you need, it doesn't matter. Do, if you need to take some antidepressants, if you need to do what you need to do, Life is hard, guys. It's hard, but you are unbreakable. You're unbreakable because you're living another day and you're however old you are right now listening to it. If you're 25, you've been through 25 years, you've gotten there. You've gone through COVID, okay? I'm 30, about 23 next month, and I'm proud of those 33 years on this earth that I've gone through and and I'm unbreakable from it. I think we all are. You really are. And you're such a beautiful soul. Thank you so much for coming on the show with me this week. You're welcome. And I think you're the most beautiful soul. And I think you really help a lot of people more than you know. Thank you, sweetheart. That's, you know, always so just like filling to hear. So I really appreciate that. (laughs) 